I heard the sound of glass smashing before I got to the lab, and with the sidelong glance at my father, I broke into a run. When I burst into the room, the first thing I saw was Lawrence flailing around with his unbound arm. His legs were kicking out in what looked like to be involuntary spasms. As if he were in agony, his head was thrown back and his mouth was open in a scream, but no sound was coming out. Tim's voice was high and panicked. He just went nuts. What's happening to him? I demanded of my father, who stood frozen as he stared at his patient's violent reaction. It was then that I noticed the jaundiced pallor of my father's eyes and skin was getting worse. Something was happening to him. He held his hand to the upper part of his abdomen, as if suffering cramps, but I knew there was more to it than that. I recognized the signs, and when his eyes lost focus and he collapsed against the lab table and fell over onto the floor, I rushed toward him. For a moment, I couldn't believe what was happening to him, but he was showing signs of acute liver failure. In a flash, I made a connection. Even with the latest stem cell advancements, it would take a month to cultivate a batch for use in the experiment. Lawrence had only volunteered a few weeks ago. That hadn't given my father enough time. Where had he gotten the stem cells from? If he was willing to run the first regenerative test on himself, he wouldn't draw the line at farming his own liver cells to use on Lawrence. My outrage at the ethical and professional breaches would have to wait. Unless my father got to a hospital quickly, he would die. Just then... A primal roar erupted from Lawrence as he broke his arm free from the restraint. He jumped to his bare feet and threw off the white sheet that had covered him. All he had on was his jeans. Tim rushed forward, but Lawrence grabbed him by the throat and squeezed. Their looks mirrored each other. Both of their eyes bulged, and their mouths were drawn in rictus grins. The only difference was that Tim's expression was one of terror and Lawrence's was one of mad glee. The only person who might have an idea what was going on was unconscious on the floor. I was torn between trying to revive my father and rushing to Tim's aid. There was no way to tell how bad the liver failure was. For all I knew, my father had hours, maybe even days. Tim, however, had only seconds. Jumping up, I charged Lawrence with the intention of knocking him over hoping the impact would loosen his death grip on Tim's throat. In the split second before I reached him, I noticed that the spot on his arm where he'd been given the injection was festering rather than healing. The burns around the area, which up until tonight looked to have been at the beginning stages of mending, had reversed their progress. Instead of dark red and pink burns, the skin was turning black and bubbly almost as if he were on fire again. No wonder he'd been going crazy. Not only would the pain be unbearable, but to relive the agony was enough to drive anyone mad. I yelled, let him go, as I ran into him. To my surprise, the impact didn't jar him from his purpose. He barely even moved. I bounced off of him and fell hard against the work table holding the computer. The sharp corner of the monitor dug into my ribs, and the wind rushed out of me as I tumbled to the floor. 
My vision swimming, I managed to twist around on my back, and I saw that Lawrence had lifted Tim off the ground by the neck. The student's face was turning an unhealthy shade of purplish-blue. The veins on his forehead bulged, and a vessel in one eye popped, turning the white sclera red. As I gasped to get my wind back, I grabbed the broken monitor and swung it like a club at Lawrence's back. The corner of it struck him in the kidney region, and he yowled at the sudden pain. My attack had the desired effect. He let go of Tim, and the student fell to the floor in a heap.